financial independence and retirement or retire early. That's what it is. Is that a David J. Ramsey voice? I was not trying to do oh, that. No, I was definitely don't not. Don't poke the dragon no, in I, was, I did poke him. Yeah. No, fire. This this idea of fire. yeah, financial independence, retire early. Hi, fire. welcome to New Poly Podcast. We're talking about fire. <laughs> We're going to light this place up because it's not our studio. It's Matt Fred's studio. We're burning it down today. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Actually, that will burn down the video equipment, and then we won't have the video to show. Oh, shoot. Let's let's not do that. Let's talk about fire in its financial sense. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> financial independence, retire early. We did our first part of all these good money podcasts, and we got all these emails because we foolishly put our emails online, which we're never going to do again. He's Mark at NewPolity.com. I'm Jacob at NewPolity.com. Okay, dang, we just did it again. <laughs> habit, force a habit. Um, <laughs> and somebody emailed us and asked us about this idea of retiring early. Mm-hmm. Um, because he just he, sent us the flame emoji and then question mark. <laughs> we deciphered it from there. <laughs> and we discerned that it was this idea. And it's, it's a tough question. He was saying that he doesn't really like the idea of working for somebody 40 plus hours a week um, and that to be able to retire early with investments that are not in the market necessarily and that he would have some sort of independence to still work in the way that he wants to, but it's still to work. That's what yeah, I'm trying so to get at. so this actually kind of cuts against our last podcast. We talked about how there is a real evil in imagining ourselves to be destined for vacation Mm -hmm. as what the life peaks at, right? Is this time of non-work where you're really just negating um, the order of God's creation for the last 20 years of your life. But this is saying, whoa, 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 that's not, that's not what we're trying to retire for. What if you're retiring because you don't want the job you have Right? You're making a lot of money in it, or maybe you're just making enough money in it, whatever. But the point of the retirement savings is for the sake of doing some better work, of which you're the boss in some way, like yeah. you have ownership of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? All of a sudden, you're not working for somebody. You are cr- creating, potentially, some sort of productive property that you might be able to okay, that, that, work for others. That sounds like it's up our alley. What do you? No, I think that's okay. a good idea. Yeah. You have to do it rather... Well, you have to just do it honestly. Like you have to be really self-aware if you're going to do something like that. Because the real question, it gets back to that first rule of money. The first rule of money mm-hmm. is that money is a placeholder, so always know what it's holding a place for. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, if you are wanting to retire from your current job, yeah, you need to know exactly what you're going to be doing next. Yeah. You know, it's not this idea of, you know, I just got to get out of this and I'll figure out something good to do later. It's like, no, 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 no. Even menial tasks are in some way spurring you to greater virtue. That's right. It's all couched within this greater theology of work, right. which we'll, we'll talk about. But I think right at, the, right at the outset, you can just see how Christ's parable speaks to this. Like you can have the best intentions you want, but if you have, mm-hmm. if you're amassing for something general, Right, like yeah. oh, I'm just gonna do something good. I promise. I'll tear down my barns and build right. bigger ones. Right, storehouses. Even yeah. if you're sort of thinking in this mode of like it's gonna be something where I'm having ownership of my life, I'm not gonna stop working. If you allow yourself just to amass money with that in mind, there's two things that are happening. One is you're building up 
the general habit of amassing much more than you're building up the habit of saving for a purpose. Yes. Right. So it might seem you got the best intentions right now. Do it for seven years and see if at the end of the seven years you're really good at saving for a big expenditure or if you've essentially trained your heart just to amass. You know, I hear this oftentimes. I mean, we're still in the academy kind of, and I hear this all the time. Like, just don't show your real opinions and what you publish. Just hold out until you get tenure and then you can mm. be a greater force for the good. But I've seen it over and over that most of these people, they get their tenure and then they've actually just transformed into being some kind of milk toast, cowardly academic who's no longer truly pursuing the good. And they've become that person that they were pretending to be. Yeah. And it's in the same regard that you have to be really careful and still be very generous all throughout this time of saving. Like you have to really cultivate your virtues of almsgiving, of of temperance in in a which we'll get to actually at one of these times we haven't talked about temperance yet of in the liberality yeah so that at one point you might also be mag, mag, magnificent right, right and with the with the amount that you've saved well, well I said and I said there were two things so the first thing is that yeah you, you don't want to build up the wrong habit mm -hmm. right uh, the vicious habit of hoarding even as you tell yourself that it's for some later work yep and the other thing is you could die, right? So you need to, it seems to me, like to be virtuous with money, that you should be, whenever you're, you do not want to die, and then when God says, hey, I noticed you saved up $2 million, what was it for? You say, oh, I hadn't figured that out yet, but Lord, I promise it was going to be for something good. It's like, well, yeah, of course that's the defense before the dread judgment scene of Christ. I promise it was going to be good. Like, <laughs> But you don't want to end up in that position, right? And I'm not saying that you can't have really good intentions and that those will obviously be in your favor. Mm -hmm. um, but find out early what you want to do. And that way you have the ability, it seems to me, to actually start making real acts of expenditure mm -hmm. that stop you from amassing. Because you talk about okay, I want to start this business once I'm free. I want to get land mm -hmm. once I don't have to work anymore. Yeah, You don't actually have to wait for the big payoff. I mean, in some cases you do. Sometimes it has to be like, okay, I really need, I don't know, $250,000 to buy this land that I'm going to do this thing on, right? Yeah. But if you want to do a business, there's all sorts of property that needs to be done. There's all sorts of relationships that need to be built, land that needs to be bought. You maybe can start buildings. over time. Exactly. And yeah. that way you're not locked into this, I think, precarious mindset of like, well, I'm going to amass... I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I promise to myself that I'll do it. And it's probably yeah. just wiser that way anyways, just in terms of the business, because uh, to my mind, it's like these, to start on a venture, any venture, it takes a kind of accumulation of time and effort and learning, whether it's tools or, or techniques or learning about a particular piece of land. And yeah, so build that's it up. true. Build it yeah, up, there's, there's some, yeah, maybe we, we could be a bit new, more nuanced on that, where it's, if something just doesn't work un until you've hit that mark. But at the same time, then you have to prove it to yourself before you, before you get there. Well, there is, in, but I do want to go back to this idea of s escaping from the stranglehold of a bad job. Yeah. Because I think in the modern age, we've created a lot of very bad jobs. Mm -hmm. you know, things that dehumanize us. And they're not up to the, to the standard of dignity that God created us with. Things that don't work for the common good. Things well, that's that's first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Like things where it's like, okay, what am I doing? What what am I giving to others? And then you really have to stretch for any real answer besides money. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. 
and within this idea of like things not really working for the common good, you you inevitably get jobs that. I mean, this is this is a really important point. If you're not creating something or investing in something that's for the common good, you will then produce jobs that are dehumanizing. This is like the like our, our friend who packaged uh, thirty boxes per minute while working at Amazon. You know, that is a job for a robot. It's not for a person. They haven't, you know, figured out how they get robots to do it yet. And so they get people instead. A lot of factory jobs that aren't really utilizing the rationality of a person endowed with this intellect by God. And you're instead setting it off to the side, trying to make them set it off to the side. So in a real sense, the human becomes more bestial in the labor that they're doing. Totally, yeah. Marketing you, jobs strike me as often doing this. <laughs> I say this with a... Alex Wren behind us. Trying desperately to market new polity to the 300 people that would possibly be interested in it. Sweet man. I don't feel like that's fair to Alex. I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Alex. Uh, but I know there's quite a number of jobs that really don't hit this. I mean... I, I could even say that perhaps about like a, a bus driver to a, to a certain degree. And this is no slight to the bus driver or to the factory worker or to somebody boxing. Like our economy has set up for them to fail. This is a slight against the owners, sure. you know? Um, and the, if, well, so this, so there's a lot of things that is worthy of escaping from. Yeah. And, and one of, but one of the things that we really have to be aware of is that within our modern age, we've created jobs that, don't allow for people to become masters of their craft. Mm -hmm. So what do I what do I mean by this? One of the and I'll back up even further. One of the things that's so um, regrettable about people taking a retirement when they're you know 60, 65, um, even sharp 70 year olds is that they're masters. They've figured it out and we as younger people need to learn from their wisdom. Like we actually need them to be in the in the force. It may, maybe they won't be working as much. They tire more easily. I don't know. You know, try more electrolytes. I'm not sure. But uh, but we need them to guide us. Sure. Well, there's a whole subset of jobs in our modern society that are constantly changing. And I think you know, software engineering is, yeah. is one of these, yeah. where you know you're you're out of the game for six months and it, the game has totally changed yep. so that when you hit 65 years old or something like that, you don't really have that much to pass on to the next generation. Yeah, totally. We, we live in this technocratic state in which we have this mega monopoly on technology itself, which is ever expanding. And that means it's also by the nature of it ever changing. And so there's, there's certain regard of, you know, if you are finding yourself in these jobs, you know, don't worry that much about it. If you're able to get out of the jobs, you know, go for it. But don't do that so that it's then becomes where you introduced a great burden or stress to your family. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing is that a lot of these principles that we're bringing out are radical and we're all necessarily going to be hypocrites for a while mm -hmm. before we're able to cultivate a culture that's mm -hmm. Uh, in which we're able to live by them. It took it took hundreds of years to develop Christendom, yeah. and what we're theorizing is a slight return to that. Yeah, no, it does seem that once you reduce work to the making of money, mm -hmm. then you do lose that um, 
usefulness of the master, right? Mm -hmm. And you do gain a lot of work that is exchangeable. Like people don't necessarily want to be in their jobs. They're just doing it for survival. Mm -hmm. um, it so might be fun. It could be, yeah. You know, it can be fun to yeah. just make money, I guess. I don't know. Never done it. Um, well, I mean, I mean that by like you might enjoy your your programming job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Find the work that's really for the common good that really builds up the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And if what you need to do is get your just put your head down and and save up money and work that job that you that isn't necessarily building up the kingdom of heaven, mm -hmm. if that's the means by which you are able to extract yourself, extract from, yourself the system. from the money system, then mm -hmm. that's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point, this is pretty simple. Like everyone knows that sometimes you have to do crap you don't want to do. Yeah. And everyone knows that sometimes you're involved with systems that you didn't establish, but that it impinges upon you with a cer certain necessity. Like mm -hmm. if you live in California and you're paying rent for your family, you have to work a software job, as I understand <laughs> the landscape of California. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. There's no need to do that. Um, so that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you can't utilize saving money in order to retire early, in order to have the sacred flame mm -hmm. of early retirement. But I think you should know, again, you should know what that money you're saving is for, and you should be able to try to implement that plan as soon as you can to avoid the vice of accumulation without purpose. Let's talk about the theology of work, you know, to okay. end, end this out, because sure. one of the things that we're assuming, both in the last podcast and in this one, is that work is good, sure. and that retirement ceasing to work is bad. And so somebody will inevitably come up and say, well, come on, man. What about the Sabbath? Oh, yeah. It's good old Sabbath. Yeah, and, it's true. God rested. He worked and then he retired. <laughs> but of course, the quick answer to that is that when Jesus is challenged by the rabbis, mm -hmm. by the Pharisees, excuse mm -hmm. me, on this point, and when his disciples are getting the grains, uh, heads of wheat, eating them, and the Pharisees say, hey, you nobody know, should work on the Sabbath. Jesus says, is the Sabbath made for man and man for the Sabbath? What he's actually, you know, the answer that he's giving is demonstrated in his very person. The fact that God came down from his eternal rest in the form of Jesus Christ incarnate among us, he did so in order to recreate. You know, he continues his work. Rest is only a gift from labor. And, and it's a labor that, in a, in a certain sense, never ceases. Yeah. That activity is something that marks God. There's no potential within him. Yeah. And so in a, in a real sense, we are always entering into that activity of God. Yeah, the Aquinas makes the distinction. God rests from the work of creation, as he mm -hmm. calls it. And he's already saying, like, look, you could use the term work, but it can't have the connotation of, like, laborious toil. I mean, God no. speaks and it is. But then he sustains right. everything. But then that yeah. rest yeah. is not somehow the lack of activity, as if mm -hmm. as if God is sleeping the way that um, uh, Elijah God Ball is yeah, described yeah, yeah. by Elijah. No, he, is, he sustains all things in being. And he does it through his word. So it's very fitting that you use the example of Christ to say mm -hmm. God coming down from his rest because he eternally oh, does that in amen. the word, right? Yeah. And the and and, and uh, Jesus says that. Gospel of John, my father is still at work, is working even now, I think he says. Yeah. Because um, he said it in King James. 
He worketh even he worketh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's and it's marvelous. But what it does is it kind of gives a lie to our genuine or general conception of labor in America, which is that it sucks. And that because it sucks so bad, the only thing you can imagine as being the fruit of labor is its lack. Mm. So all labor becomes suicidal in the mind of the average American. Like, mm. let's do this thing until we don't have to do it anymore. Mm. You know? Instead of riding the labor train to death, there is an alternative conception of work, right? And it's in Edenic work, right? And I think we've all experienced this before where... That when means you, the Garden of Eden. That's right. When, you've, um, when you're working at learning something, right... And in the beginnings, say it's carpentry, um, and in the beginnings, it's it's awkward and it's toilsome and it's difficult, mm-hmm. right? In that, you do have exactly how we describe work generally. You know, you're rising and grinding, you're hustling to make a buck. It's difficult, it's tiresome, and you can't wait for that. You can't wait for that retirement, right? But then within carpentry, it would be really foolish. No one would buy it if you said like. Yeah, I'm I'm learning this the skill of woodworking for that day when I can when I don't have to, to woodwork. <laughs> Rather, you would say, no, all this toil and difficulty is clearly for the sake of perfection, right? Whereby it's not that I cease in my work, it's that the work becomes a habit of my soul so that I have mastery over its actions and its tools, mm. such that the work itself becomes restful. And I think in America you see this in hobbies right? Where you see guys naturally tend to do some kind of labor on the weekends. But if you ask them to describe it, they're like, oh, it's just a hobby by which they mean it's not the thing that I need to do for money. It's the thing that I do for enjoyment. Right. But even in that, which is a little kind of a shallow example, like, yeah. but even in that, you can tell that guys naturally understand that labor can be restful, yeah. right? It's just that we are, we live in a money economy that rarely, if ever, um, affords us the opportunity to work for money in a way that's restful, right? Because, um, again, it goes back to both the idea that there's many jobs where you actually never do attain mastery or perfection, and so you have nothing mm-hmm. to pass on, mm-hmm. right? Because the work is inane mm-hmm. and doesn't involve a period of growth from apprentice to master or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it makes a very quick growth, and then it becomes static and yes. competitive afterwards sure. in a certain regard. Sure, yeah. sure. Like, the yeah. packing, like packing the boxes or, or just yeah. pushing the button at mm-hmm. the at the window or whatever. Um, but when we look at God as the one who rests in his activity, we have the image of what we're supposed to strive for, right? Which is work that is rest, work that is for others, it's for the common good, um, but doesn't isn't just a different way of toiling and striving, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to achieve it, Right, nothing is achieved here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Certainly not mastery over a craft. I mean, any any mm. real master knows that he's not done learning. Right, um, but you by orientating work towards that kind of perfection, that kind of restful labor, mm-hmm. you cut you go against the entire logic of retirement as a kind of vacation, and you say, yeah, no, I'm aiming for a retiring a, a retiring of toil in the perfection of mastery not a retiring of labor for the sake of luxury and indulgence. Yeah. And I think that fundamental shift matters. So maybe to the guy asking about the early retirement, one of the just pieces of brotherly advice is just, and when you look to that work that you want to do instead of yeah. working for the man, yeah. um, 
is it a kind of work where you can become a master and pass it on to your children yeah. in a way that will build them up? Mm-hmm. Or is it just that you want to do the same sort of thing that you're working on now, but for, for yourself? Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's not just that we need to be free. It's also that we need to re... Sorry, Mike's over here. It's also that we need to rebuild <laughs> yeah. uh, this society so that there's better forms of work for our children to enter into more yeah. naturally. Yeah. No, this is so important. And in, in Rerum Navarum, Pope Leo gives us three things to focus on, uh, family, work, and productive property as it pertains to the economy. Mm-hmm. And the first one is family, that you're raising up children. I mean, in the last podcast, we're talking about kids as the best investments that you could ever have, where they're going to take care of you. Um, but it's in terms of the economy, it's co-related to your work, which you are developing in such a way as to master your craft, but also to dominate it in a real sense. Men are lords of the earth, but only so th- through our work, as we, again, I mentioned last time, and that's the, the structure of the Edenic toiling, where we are supposed to have our dominion through our labor, mm-hmm. And in, in so far as we have successfully done that, cut back the brambles, we have found rest in our soul and in our in our jobs. Mm-hmm. We then ten, then turns that and we turn it into productive property at that point. But that and then turns back to the family where our kids have jobs mm-hmm. that they are that we can as masters hand it on to them and they take up for themselves. And so within this dance between the the parts of the economy as Pope Leo lines up, we find a fulfillment, not surprisingly, in love, but also in the joy of, of children. I mean, Sirach says this. You were just actually mentioning this yeah, passage yeah, to me. Yeah, it says that call man no call no man happy while he is alive. Yep. A man is known in his children. Yes. And there's a critique yeah, that's and then there, there's a critique and then there's a ble- like a, a blessing there, right? Mm-hmm. Where the critique is if you think that you're going to know a man is happy because he has retired, you're wrong. That's not how you determine it. And I think yeah. just looking at the actual state of the average retiree is yeah. enough proof of that. Yeah. That's not how you determine happiness. It is in the ability of that person to live in such a way that their children, right, are virtuous mm-hmm. and that their children want to stay. Yeah. I mean, we talked about retirement yeah. last time as being like w- within the mentality that we have of retirement, it is a force arrayed against the family mm-hmm. unto its dissolution. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite of it, whatever scheme you want to get a better form of work for yourself has to be the opposite of that. It has to be a force for the unification and growth of the family, right? And because that's what that's what all of the work is orientated towards, right? Yeah. It's towards building up the common good, which is composed of families. And so when, ooh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you get it? Yeah, I feel like I got it. I feel like here at New Polity, like we we start with this tone of like we're gonna say something really radical, and then we're like, love your kids, man. Just love your kids. <laughs> it does get back to common sense in a certain regard, but we've so constructed this crazy world that we think is reality yeah. and we just have to say no 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 actually that's not we created that totally. for ourselves let's go back to what god created and end with love sum up your answer to the fire guy okay fireman fire guy. <laughs> put out the fire no that's not true light the fire C- continue the <laughs> within you 
that was Pentecost. That's that sounded what I was like, a, like kind of a jazz. Like hi-hat. I think that's what they were hearing then. Yeah, it wasn't Gregorian. John Coltrane. There's a church of, of John Coltrane. Let's not do this. Okay. To the this fire. is my this is my answer. Should I work hard to retire early to continue on working for myself now, or at least not for the man? Yes, but in doing so, cultivate the virtues primarily of almsgiving and liberality, mm-hmm. so that you have begun to cultivate the dispositions in your soul that will allow you to be a generous man. Second thing know exactly what you are building. Yep. Do not save a dime if you don't. Money's a placeholder, so always know what you're holding a place for. And if you have a bit of money, put it to use right there already for what it's going to be. Don't don't wait on that. And then uh, third, make sure that it's a job that you can grow as a master in and that you could then hand on to your kids. This is the restoration of our society is going to be found in the domestic church where your children are being raised up in freedom, not as slaves, but as, as real, real, real Christians in this, in this regard. And if they're going to only enter into the workforce as, as you did, right. then you actually haven't left them the totally. Christian That's heritage really um, that uh, that you could otherwise do. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Well, no, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what if you like you just create that job so your kids are right back in the same place? Yeah. And, and what are they doing? Saving for retirement. <laughs> you know, and, and we talk about slavery and you know in, in various ways, but the truth of the matter is that slavery is just about not being able to being controlled by somebody else. And so if there is a and we've created a whole superstructure of, of slaves where people have to do certain things in order to survive today. But if you are able to save up enough to be able to extract yourself and your children and grandchildren from that, where they don't have to do the things of, you know, saving up for, for, with, for their retirement and just through the market, but actually, you know, getting away from all of the companies that have seized for productive property from us and giving it back to your family. Gosh, what a gift. Yeah. That's a, that's a gift of gifts. Yeah, yeah. that's super rad. I mean, I, I, I think in whatever small way we can, uh, we're hoping to do the same for our kids yeah. uh, here in Steubenville. Um, there's a lot of families here that are not here because they've found some way to make a bunch of money. You might be surprised to know it's not the place <laughs> for that. Sorry. Uh, but it is the place to reimagine the economy and reimagine the meaning of work in mm-hmm. light of the ch- teaching of the, of the Catholic church. And so I think um, I'm excited. I'm really excited yeah. with ideas like this that people have yeah. that not from any standpoint of just like envy or bitterness, mm-hmm. but from a true standpoint of longing for freedom, which should characterize the Christian heart. Mm-hmm. People are imagining new ways of living and yeah. of, of working. And I think that's awesome. So yeah. keep it up. If you got, if you have a particular situation that you're in, and you want to ask us about it, we'll do our best to respond. We might not do a podcast, but we'll at least email you back. Yeah, that's true. And mostly Jacob, he's really good at emailing people back. <laughs> Mark at newpolity.com. Yep. Jacob at newpolity.com. All right, guys, we'll see we'll you see next you time. Next time. <gasps> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs>